We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy New Year's to everyone out there in Ram Nation. Welcome into another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains. The Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. All right, y'all. I hope everybody has had a nice week. We've got a big one coming up for CSU men's basketball. New Mexico coming to town Tuesday night, late night showdown at Moby Arena. I'll be there. Ryan Green will be there, so we'll have a spotlight. Really looking forward to that. I'm going to dive into some non-conference takeaways on this podcast. Also going to give out my top five moments of the non-conference slate. The best is still yet to come, hopefully, for this team, but it's been a really fun start, so I figured we would kind of reminisce a little bit. Um, I might do a little bit more of that next week, kind of dive into some of the top 2023 moments, all that stereotypical New Year's stuff. Um, If you missed the pod yesterday, went into some takeaways specifically from that 45-point win over Adams State. Largest margin of victory of the Medved era. Uh, Biggest home win since they beat Nevada by 56 back in 2015. Fourth largest margin of victory ever by CSU at Moby. So not exactly a game we're going to look back on months from now and be like, you you remember that Adam State win? And it's not going to be like Creighton, CU, some of those games. It it was still a really encouraging performance. Dove into the starters kind of setting the tone and then the bench really stepping up, having a great showing as well. So if you missed that one, go check all of that out. Before we fully dive into all of the hoops talk, I did want to just start the pod by saying uh, shout out to Craig Bull. Just wanted to acknowledge him going out on top. Definitely one of the good guys in college football. I posted on Twitter yesterday that I felt like he deserved to go out on top. I understand why some folks can't ever root for Wyoming. I can't say that I was sitting there like actively cheering, but I wasn't displeased to see him get his moment, I guess is what I'm saying. I know a lot of Wyoming fans are pretty classy about Sonny Lubick, and I feel like Bowl is just very similar in that regard, was kind of the guy that came in and resurrected their program at a really important time. He definitely had a ton of success against CSU. I was there in person to experience a lot of those border war losses, so I can't say I'm heartbroken to see him move on, but a good guy. It was nice to see him win, and ultimately it's good for the Mountain West. Kind of unfortunate that his last game ever didn't get a true broadcast. It got a wonky one. I mean, it it just wasn't for me. I don't want to be a hater or anything like that. Honestly, I even applaud Barstool for trying to do something different because I feel like the bowl system is thoroughly broken at the moment. 
it was just tough listening to Portnoy ramble about his bets and stuff. It's it's just not for me. You know, at the end of the day, it's just not for me. And I know it probably wasn't for a lot of the uh, the type of people that would tune in to support a guy like Craig Bull either. Um, the the Bulls system as a whole, it's been rough this year. I, I love college football. I love the Bulls. It, it feels like between NIL, the transfer portal, just all of the chaos, the the college football playoff, I mean, it, it, it's just kind of reached a breaking point. Um, the opt-outs and stuff have happened prior to NIL. I think that's kind of an easy excuse. So have transfers. I mean, it's all been a factor, but just we've had so much change within the sport. The early period is a big factor with all of this. Um, it's really made the postseason largely irrelevant on a national level outside of the college football playoff, and that's a big problem. You know, you can see the importance of the the Bulls for smaller teams. I mean, the the Arizona Bull turnout was great for Wyoming, for instance. It can matter for regional communities, but I do miss the time when every big bowl game felt like it had some stakes. Maybe the extended playoff will help that to an extent, but what about all the other bowls? I know a lot of people have thrown out the suggestion of not allowing transfers to take place until after bowl season. That would maybe improve some of it. I don't know if it would keep guys from opting out still just because they couldn't transfer doesn't mean they have to play in the game. The other problem with that is you have to work within the constraints of the academic calendar these guys all have to get accepted as students at whatever next school they're going to. So that, that's always a big factor that I think gets overlooked in trying to reform some of this stuff. At the same time, I'm certainly not going to tell anybody they're wrong for feeling like the bull system has really been downgraded. It has on a national level. You can, you can really feel it. A lot of these games just kind of feel like glorified spring contests. And that's disappointing because it's the postseason. Whether you're competing for a national championship or not, you don't want the postseason to feel like it doesn't matter, and that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to get into these non-conference takeaways. I do want to shout out our homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. They've been partners since day one, since the very first day I hosted this podcast, and I've got nothing but great things to say about Breck Brew. The farmhouse is a great spot to watch a game. Uh, Nothing's better than doing it when you have an ice-cold Breck Brew in hand. You can't go wrong. With really any of their selection, I'm a big avalanche amber ale guy. I know it's the dead of winter. Maybe you want to taste the summer, though. Mountain Beach Sour is a great way to go. The good company hard seltzers are fire. They've got a little bit of something for everybody. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, let's dive into some of these non-conference takeaways Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to this. Some of these are individual. Some of them are team-oriented. I just kind of dote through some numbers to see how this start compared to some of the previous years on the last pod. I said that I felt like this was the best non-conference resume of all time. I understand that the 2014-15 squad went 14-0. and I'm not trying to undermine the fact that they ran the table. It was great, but... I mean, they had one high major win. It was over CU, and I was curious, so I kind of dove through. I went back to the start of the century. CSU has only won multiple high major games uh, three times since 2000. Most years, they only play a handful of high major games. They don't even have the opportunity to win four games, but that's a testament to the scheduling of this staff. Uh, To kind of compare it to some of the other good starts in program history, I went back to... Like I said, the beginning of the century here, 
Between 2000 and 2003, CSU had three high major wins. They beat Washington State in three consecutive seasons. In the 2003-2004 campaign, uh, one of the few instances in which they did play four high major teams, they beat Purdue. That was the crazy comeback at Moby known as the Michael Morris game. I have a feature on that if you'd like to go read it. I had a great interview with him a couple years back, also had him on the pod. Would love to get him on again, actually, to kind of talk about Isaiah Stevens' career. So I need to, to get him on that year. They beat Purdue. They lost to CU, Oklahoma State, and Auburn. The following year, um, one of the three instances in which CSU did win multiple high major games, they beat CU and Auburn. Uh, they did play four that year. They also lost to Kansas State and Iowa State. After that, they beat CU in 06-07, 2007, 2008. They beat Oregon State. Uh, between 2009-2012, they beat CU twice. The 2012-2013 campaign was the other season in which the Rams won multiple high major games. They beat Washington and Virginia Tech that year. Also beat Missouri in the NCAA tournament, so they actually won three that year. Uh, but I was really only counting the regular season. 2014-2015, uh, they beat CU. They did it as well in 2016-17 and 27-18. That year, they did play four high major teams. They lost to Florida State, Arkansas, and Oregon. In the 2019-20 campaign, they beat Washington State, beat Creighton for the first time in 2021-2022. Last year, they beat South Carolina, but lost to Penn State and CU. This year, of course, they went a perfect four for four. So really, I mean, looking back at the last, you know, 20-something years, what this team has already been able to accomplish is unique. And I have a lot of credit for these players for stepping up in these big games. You also got to credit the staff for not shying away from stiff competition and putting them in the spot in the first place. I mean, let, let's be real. Last year was rough. Obviously, it was extenuating circumstances. They had so many injuries. It was kind of just a perfect storm. Everything that could go wrong did at the exact right time. You only end up getting a handful of games out of Josiah Strong. Although in the end, it's kind of nice that Strong didn't waste his year of eligibility last year and he gets to be a part of this run instead. Anyways, it's been an awesome start to the regular season. It's been historic and hopefully we're able to see this team continue this run into the postseason because, I mean, they're in a strong position to put themselves in the conversation for the greatest regular season of all time. If they win the Mountain West, that'll be pretty tough to argue, especially after what they've already accomplished. But what I want to see this team do is, you know, make some noise on a national level in the NCAA tournament. That's when, you know, you really become immortalized forever is on that stage. As far as some of the team takeaways go and the reasons why CSU has been able to be so successful, um, I, I mean, being able to land or being able to hit on all of the transfers that they landed was such a huge factor. Joel Scott, Neat Clifford have been just seamless additions. Obviously, getting Josiah Strong back was huge. Javante Johnson's been a guy that's, you know, kind of been able to make an impact. He had a great game the other night. I would say his best game as a Ram. Um, but one of the big things that's jumped out to me, this team is so much better on the glass than they were a year ago. Uh, the Rams have had an advantage on the glass in 8 of 13 games to this point. For comparison's sake, they held the advantage in 5 of their non-conference games a year ago. After injuries added up, though, they only ended up um, holding the advantage in 10 games total all year. So 
definitely doing a much better job on the boards this year. It's been huge to see. I think the additions of Scott and Clifford have been really massive in that regard. Those two bring down about 12 rebounds per game just between the two of them. And not only that, too, they're able to run the break. I mean, Neek's a guy who can pull it down, go coast to coast on his own. I don't know if you want Joel Scott putting it on the floor, but he's a guy that can pass the ball, get it out in the break. He's certainly going to run in transition. It just it kickstarts the entire offense. It limits second-chance opportunities for the opponent. So many little things that you can do well, especially with this team, which is great in transition. But it all starts on getting stops and um, you know having a solid effort on the glass. I would say defensively would be the one area I would like them to kind of take it to the next level. I think that when you see that or when you see what they were able to do in that win over Creighton where they were frankly dominant, it shows what this team's defensive ceiling is. Now, I'm not saying you have to be that perfect because that was about as good as it gets every single game. But a lot of what made you successful in that game is something you can replicate moving forward. I mean, it's quality defensive rotations. It's on-ball defense. Frankly, it's just effort. And as this team gets healthier, here at the beginning of conference play, getting Jalen Lake back the other night was really big. Getting Josiah Strong back here, hopefully, for the Utah State game. Those are two of your three best perimeter defenders. Tavy Jackson is a guy who I think could you know, really help them defensively off the bench moving forward. Can be a little handsy at times, picks up some personal fouls, but I love the effort. I just think that at the end of the day, defense is going to be what dictates how far this team is able to go. You know they can score. That's never been a question under Medved. Even last year when they had all the injuries and weren't a very good team, they were still one of the better offenses in the league, uh, one of the better offenses in college basketball. Right now, they're truly one of the elite offenses in college basketball when you look at some of the metrics that show, you know, effective field goal and stuff. CSU is through the roof. Uh, they're 11th in adjusted offense, according to Ked and Palm, six in offensive rating on basketball reference. And, you know, that's the product of their versatility. They can score in so many ways. You've got, multi, you've got bigs that can post up, but also stretch the floor. You've got wings that can knock down shots on the perimeter, but also cut. You've got multiple guys that can put it on the floor and create for themselves or facilitate and you have, obviously, who I believe to be the best point guard in college basketball and Isaiah Stevens. And what's great about the situation is everybody's just really surgical with their approach. They put ego aside, and they just kind of consistently make the best plays. They've got 275 assists as a team right now. That ranks third in the country. Uh, 131 turnovers is 41st best, so they're they're really valuing their offensive possessions. At this time last year, I was curious, CSU had 135 turnovers, so they've cut it down by four, uh, but they had 230 assists, so they're up 45 assists, and they've cut their turnovers down. That's a winning recipe. Um, They've been more consistent offensively as well. Six games where CSU has shot 55% or better as a team from the floor, nine of 50% or better, only one game below 40%. They had only three games of 55% or better in non-con last season, uh, two below 40%. So they've just, on a night-to-night basis, they've been really consistent. And that's easy to do when you've got guys taking quality shots, moving the basketball, and not hurting yourself with turnovers. You've got to credit the coaches for getting everybody to buy in the way that they have, especially considering how deep this roster is. I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse. If you listen to the pod frequently, 
I've just been very vocal about it being challenging to manage a rotation with this many guys. You have 10 or 11 guys that could realistically play a, a legitimate role in the Mountain West, not be a guy that just like sees the floor in garbage time, but under certain circumstances could be a starter or like a, a key rotational guy. And, you know, I actually think because they have so many guys and because they're so unselfish um, that some of these stars might not get the postseason recognition they deserve just because their stats aren't going to be inflated the same way as, as some of the other guys. They're going to have a hell of a lot more wins. But it is a challenge as a staff to keep everybody happy under those situations when you have guys that very easily could be playing bigger, bigger roles and they just aren't. I mean, it helps when you have leadership at the top like Isaiah Stevens, like Joel Scott. I mean, it's easy to see. You're not, you're not going to play over guys like that. Neat Clifford as well. But I think the biggest compliment that I could give to this roster, and it was especially apparent in that win over Adams State, is that you don't see a change in mindset very frequently, um, whether the starters are out there, whether it's all bench guys, whether it's a combination. They've been fortunate to actually be able to to tinker with the lineup a little bit and play a different, a lot of different roster combos or lineup combos uh, here over the last couple of weeks. I do think they're going to kind of refine that rotation over the next couple of weeks and definitely as we get closer to March. Um, but it, it's just been great to see that when you have situations where you have, you know, a freshman point guard out there, a sophomore and Tavy Jackson, you know, your sixth man and Joe Palmer, Javante Johnson and Kyle Evans, they're still working the ball unselfishly. They're playing inside out. They're still trying to run the offense. It's not guys, you know, trying to play hero ball or, you know, jack a bunch of shots up because they're finally on the court. And it's just a really mature, unselfish group. I have a lot of respect for the way that they've handled this non-conference slate. I hope that everybody continues to buy into the concept of, you know, fulfilling their role for the the betterment of the team, because I think the depth that San Diego State had last year, they were in a similar position. They had 10, 11 guys that were capable of playing. They could do full hockey substitutions if they wanted they were able to kind of navigate those difficult waters and it proved to be a huge advantage come March where it can be a battle of attrition. I mean, in the end, it could serve to be a great strength for CSU. It's just going to be a matter of these guys keeping the right mindset and still remaining locked in. You know, there might be some stretches where you lock some DNPs in conference play and then all of a sudden, you know, there's foul trouble or there's an injury or something and, you know, you got to play 25 minutes one night what do you do in that situation? Are you ready to go? So far, the guys have have really done that. You know, it's been next man up, but it's a long year. So that's something I want to keep an eye on. Uh, I'd like to see them be a little more consistent at the charity stripe. They started 23 of 26 against Louisiana Tech in game one, but there have been some games where it's been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, especially was one that stands out. As a team, they're shooting 77%, which is actually really good. It's 17th best in the country, so I'm probably nitpicking a little bit here, but it is something that can cost you in a big game. And so I would just like to see them be a little bit more consistent. That's all I'm saying. Again, 77% as a team, really nothing to freak out over. Uh, There have just been a couple of moments there where it's felt like we've missed some free throws in, in droves. All right, we're going to wrap up here. I'm going to give some of my favorite moments of the non-conference slate, the top five moments. 
I do want to shout out Las Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort. Of course, I'm talking about the Circa Resort and Casino. It's on Fremont Street out in Vegas, and it really is one of the coolest places I've ever been, period, but it's definitely the sickest spot in Vegas. They've got a three-story stadium-style sports book. They've got tons of VIP options. The food is great. Highly recommend Victory Burger and Wings Company. I've eaten there a couple of times. Never disappointed. A 7,000-square-foot casino with two levels, over 1,300 slots, 48 table games, and dancing dealers. And I haven't even talked about Stadium Swim yet, which is really kind of the, the highlight of the space. Six pools, two spas, over 15,000 square feet of wet space. You can sit poolside, sip and drinks while you're watching sports. There's nothing like it. If you're heading out to Vegas for Broncos Raiders, for CSU UNLV, the Mountain West Tournament, make sure you book your stay at the Circa Resort and Casino. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off. Also, check out the Circa Sports app. Download the app at circasports.com. Circa Sports bets can be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. High Plains Strains provides top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. There are three High Plains Strains locations, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. So if you're in northeastern Colorado, they are absolutely the dispo for you. Order online at highplainstrains.com and pick up conveniently at any of their spots where they have drive throughs You don't even have to get out of your car. We are living in the future, people. Make sure you use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of some of their sweet deals. You can get a full ounce for 80 bucks. Great deal these days. Uh, Veritas 8th for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridge for 15. Exquisite extracts are 4 for 40. Remember, use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plane strains deals. All right, before we get out of here, I just thought it would be fun to kind of go through some of the best moments of the non-conference slate. The journey is far from done. We're not celebrating prematurely. The goal is to win a Mountain West championship, to go on and make a run in the NCAA tournament. You know, I'd really love to see this team make a sweet 16 or beyond because I think they are that good. But I also think we need to appreciate what we have already witnessed. Sports are hard. It's a lot of losing. It's a lot of disappointment. So when you have a special run like this, I'm just a a big proponent of enjoying the ride. And that's what we're going to do. Starting with number five, we've got Joe Palmer igniting the student section with multiple threes against Wright State. He also hit three threes in the CU game, which we will get to. There were really, I mean, you could talk about five different storylines in that game alone, but I, I felt like this game where the offense explodes, they score 105 points, they're on fire from three. And, you know, you get the white guy with the big smile coming off the bench, wearing the headband, the hair coming out, that the crowd just ate it up. Um, I know Joe Palmer has been a fan favorite for quite some time, but to me, that's kind of what set the tone for this uh, folk hero run that he's had this year. And then, you know, doing it against CU, you know, really put gas on that fire. At number four, I've got Joel Scott and Isaiah Stevens combining for 44 points in a road win over Northern Colorado. Nee Clifford also had a double-double in that one. But I thought this was a really big moment for this team. It was their first win away from Moby. It was a great response after what happened a year ago. 
that two-game stretch last season where CSU just got embarrassed in Boulder and then, I mean, they lost by double digits at home to UNC was probably the toughest stretch of the Medved era, in my opinion. It doesn't change how I feel about him as a coach. I think he's one of the best in the entire country. He took total ownership after both of those games, but man, that was tough. So it was awesome to see CSU come out this year and respond. You know, that's a great little atmosphere in Greeley. And it was a big win. It was a big win, and it was very business-like, much like what we saw last week against LMU, what we saw against the non-D1 opponents. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're playing CU, if they're playing Creighton, or if they're playing a, a lower opponent out of the big sky. This group just has the right mentality, and that was a really great performance. At number three, I have Isaiah Stevens surpassing Pat Durham as the all-time leading scorer did this last Friday in that win over LMU. Wish it could have happened in Moby Arena. I think it's something in the grand scheme of things that's going to mean a whole lot. I think it's one of many reasons why you can argue him as the greatest player in program history. And statistically, I mean, his case is tough to argue, but I even think that, or tough to argue against, I should say. But I think... The, the reason why he's been so important has more to do with his loyalty and kind of representing this program over the last five years, you know, being the, the biggest face through the, the resurrection under Medved and now kind of the revival here after a down year this past season. He's so unique. He's such a, a talented and skilled scorer. He could go for 30 at night if he wanted to, but he chooses to elevate everybody on the floor if you had five of them, I mean, you'd, you'd be the best team. That's all I'm saying. Love him. Love that mentality and love to see him getting the national recognition he deserves. I mean, you're seeing him thrown out in the All-American conversations pretty frequently here. At number two, we have the 21-point win over Creighton in Kansas City on Thanksgiving. The Broncos have tended to ruin my holidays over the last couple of years. CSU, on the other hand, made working on Thanksgiving worth it. They beat number eight Creighton down. Uh, The 21-point win was awesome. Highest-ranked win the Rams had earned in over 40 years. And it was just such a special moment. You know, again, a guy like Isaiah Stevens could have gone anywhere in the country. He comes here, and he gets to have that moment against the top-10 team. It doesn't get any better than that. And it was really cool that it happened on a day where, you know, everybody's home from work. Outside of me, I'm working, but I got to do it remotely. So I'm not complaining. Uh, It was great. It's number two. The only reason it's not number one is because that CU win, I think, has to be it. There are just so many storylines. I mean, the simple one is the Neek revenge game and him getting to throw away that break or throw down that breakaway jam at the end of the game. Chef's kiss. That was awesome. Jalen Lake going for 16 after breaking his finger just a couple of days before. That's, you know, movie stuff. Isaiah Stevens had a great game. You know, Joel Scott just absolutely owning Eddie Lampkin. Joel Scott's older brother, you know, Josh Scott played at CU, so that's a big moment for him. Joe Palmer had his moments. Medved gets revenge for last year. I believe that was Isaiah Stevens' first one over CU. I mean, there there were so many little storylines that went into that, but I, I just, I loved that moment for the community it was a really annoying fall. Like we all know why it's going to be annoying next year as well. Um, But this team just gives you so much pride and it's been built the right way, which has been awesome to see. And it's just been so fun. So that's my top five moments for the non-conference slate. 
I didn't want to go on and on because, again, you know, the, the most important stages of the season have yet to come. We want to see this team go on and have success in March, but definitely appreciate what's already been accomplished because this has been really unique. So enjoy the ride. Happy New Year's, Ram Nation. Always proud to be. Peace.